Hello plant people, how are you guys doing today? If you're new around here, my name is Ashley and I'm a soil scientist. On this channel, I like to take that science and apply it to all things plants. And in today's video, we're talking about glyphosate. This is going to hopefully answer all your questions when it comes to glyphosate in the soil, whether using it harms microbial soil activity, or if your neighbor's using it, how does this end up or affect your garden, or maybe you just recently purchased a house and you don't know the history of the soil. What if they used glyphosate or Roundup in their garden? What do you do? This is gonna answer all your questions in a relatively unbiased fashion. I say relatively because when it comes to scientific journals and following the science, it's it depends on who's delivering the message to you and how much trust you have in the person delivering said message, message to you. Because the ultimate truth is with scientific journals, especially a topic of this magnitude, such as glyphosate, there's a lot of different journals out there. And so the person delivering the message to you does have to take a unbiased look at this stuff and really sort through all the literature, both negative positive in favor for against see where the funding's coming from for these journals all that stuff to try to give you a view of it that is unbiased or isn't swayed in any matter now i do take quite a bit of pride in actually delivering this information to you in a way that is not only digestible for the regular person who maybe can't read these journals in their spare time not that i think you guys are stupid or anything actually i think you're quite to the contrary, anyone who subscribes to this channel, I would argue you're probably some of the smartest people in the plant community, whether that be gardening or houseplants, because you're asking these questions. That's why you stumbled on these videos. Very rarely do I do just a, a plant tour video. You know what I mean? Like you came to this channel looking for science. So I'm here to deliver that to you in a digestible fashion. So. I really combed through the literature. I watched literally hours of presentations on this, people who were actively doing studies on this, different soil uh, conferences that have been done and people's presentation on you know multi-year studies that they've done. I'm talking like five, six, seven, eight-year studies that have been done on glyphosate. And I just really want to put your mind at rest when it comes to glyphosate and show you or teach you how to manage this accordingly. Let's just jump straight into it. First, actually first, before I forget, because I keep on forgetting to say this, if you're looking for raised garden beds, the aluminum ones, like the metal ones, I did a post over on Instagram. If you don't follow me on Instagram, you do not know that this happened. I posted it and people went absolutely crazy because I guess the shipping is a lot less because this is a Canadian company that I got my beds from, my raised beds from, and all the rest of them are from like Australia or the US. And so the shipping is nearly the same price as the actual bed, I guess, in a lot of cases. I didn't realize this until after I posted on Instagram. Anyways, the Canadian company, it's not an affiliate link at all. Like I'm not making money from it. So I will leave the link for that along with a discount code. Again, I don't make any money from it, but I asked them for a discount code for you guys. So grab the discount code, um, the website and buy from them. If you're in Canada, I guess it's drastically cheaper like drastically like I got multiple DMs being like holy shit thank you so if you want to grab that do that I got the 17 inch eucalyptus yes so 
I just wanted to put that in there before I forgot. Any hoosers, let's just jump straight into this. So things that I'm not going to cover in this discussion is the potential harm of glyphosate on the human body, because I don't know that. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not a human bodies person, so I don't know the effects of this in the food chain, all that stuff. All I can look at this from is a plant perspective and a soil perspective. So if we're talking about the ethics of humans and animals, I can't, that's like something that I can't talk about because I don't, I don't know anything about that. So if anyone knows anything about that or can cite any studies about that, please do leave them down below. I could, I mean, I can read the journals, I can likely understand them, but there's just no point in me talking about it because my opinion doesn't, doesn't matter. I'm, that's not my, I'm not a professional human bodies person. So not something I can get into, but I do think the human bodies aspect of this is kind of what triggered the anti-glyphosate movement and the concerns about this being in our food chain. And I think particularly that this came out of California, I believe. The, one of the studies I looked at here is looking at uh, herbicides applied to soils potentially affecting soil microactivity. So one of the things that they determined was it was the quantity and the frequency of the application that changed the basically the microbiome and not just the microbiome, but the actual crops themselves. So if you've ever heard of glyphosate resistant weeds, you probably already know this. If you haven't, welcome to the scary world of herbicides not working anymore because we've use them too much or we haven't applied them properly. It's really similar to the idea of antibiotics. For example, we have superbugs now that don't work with antibiotics, doesn't work on them. And it's because we've improperly dosed with, I mean, there's several thought processes here, but generally accepted uh, thing is that we've improperly dosed against certain things we use antibiotics for. And so the same thing's happening here with glyphosate. We're ending up with glyphosate resistant weeds, ones that we could spray with glyphosate and nothing's going to happen because they've adapted to an environment where glyphosate is continually present. So the study goes on to say that the objective of the study is to determine increasing glyphosate application rates on soil micro, um, microbial biomass and the overall activity. This was done in Westwood in a silt loam. So silt loam is important here in the discussion because that is referring to our bulk density of our soil. So the way that a glyphosate is going to interact with a microbial community in a sandy soil is going to be different than how it interacts in a clay soil. So if you have a soil that is sandier than silty loam, for example, your microbial um, activity is going to be harmed more with glyphosate then what this study is saying is happening in this study in particular. And then if you are, have a clay soil, you are less, less harm is coming to it because you have a higher bulk density. So when I'm reading through this, just think of in your mind what soil you have, and then obviously use that terminology to digest what I'm saying. Now, if you don't know what you have in regards to uh, soil type, I have my workbook 
Um, so that's the one that is a paperback on Amazon. I have the printable PDF version on Etsy. And then I do believe I have a blog post or two. And I also have a, I do have a video. I remember filming that video showing you how to figure out where you're at on the actual textural triangle. So that may be something that you're interested in finding out to just determine what your bulk density is and what you're working with in general. So he used glyphosates at different rates, uh, 47.94, one, 40 and 234 UGs per gram of soil. Now that doesn't matter too, too much, but the assumed depth in which the glyphosate penetrates is important. So this first study says that the glyphosate penetrates within the first two millimeters and doesn't go any further when it comes to the glyphosate penetrating into the actual soil. So when we're spraying our soil, now with a garden, it's a little bit different because we're really spraying on localized weeds, like we're actually walking up to the weed and spraying it. But in an agricultural practice, we're typically like boom spraying. So we're almost showering the entirety of the soil. So this applies a little bit more to the crop side, but to digest this or make this um, into a gardener's issue, we are localizedly localized spraying the weed and depending how closely we have the actual spray bottle we may penetrate deeper into the soil uh, or um, hit less of the actual plant now the glyphosate doesn't have to go in the soil we actually just want the glyphosate to really hit the surface of the plant so if you're getting down deep with your roundup and you're really spraying close you're not doing anything other than glyphosate penetrating the soil. But if you're spraying nice and high and you're actually broadcasting the weed, you're using it properly in that sense. So that's something to think about. The closer you are, the farther it's gonna penetrate. The farther away you are, the less depth you're gonna get from penetration. And then also your soil type. If you have a clay soil and you're spraying from really high up, it's probably what, one millimeter maybe. Um, or if you have, you know, a sandy soil and you're spraying really, really close, it may go way past two millimeters. It may, may go much, much deeper than that, right? So something to definitely keep in mind. So this is the part of this study that I think it's going to upset some people, but unfortunately it is the reality and seems to be, for the most part, a really common theme across every journal I read. And again, this is just the reality of this. It's probably not gonna suit a lot of narratives here, but nonetheless, I'll just read it out. So glyphosate significantly stimulated soil microbial activity as measured by the carbon and nitrogen mineralization, but it did not affect the soil microbial biomass. So what is that telling us? It's saying that the carbon and the nitrogen was mineralized at increased rates after the application of a glyphosate uh, pesticide or herbicide in this case but it did not affect the soil microbial biomass meaning it did not decrease it but it also did not increase it in any way shape or form the future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly but then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about that's why we've created the hefty renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials to participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com.
Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. So it goes on to say that the cumulative carbon mineralized as well as the mineralization rate increased at the time of glyphosate application. There's a strong linear relationship in the study between the mineralization of carbon and nitrogen and the amount of carbon and nitrogen added as glyphosate and slopes approximating one end. So it's saying if it's on um, a sloped hill, like if there's any gradient to it, obviously the compounding effect is there's more microbial activity, carbon and nitrogen mineralization on the lower slopes of the hill if it's running downhill in this case. So this increased mineralization of carbon and nitrogen that obviously took place due to microbial activity kicking it up a notch happened the following day after the glyphosate was added and it continued for up to 14 days after the addition of the glyphosate to said soil. So the glyphosate appeared to be directly and rapidly degraded by microbes even at high application rates without affecting microbial activity. So what this is telling me is that after the glyphosate, just in this one study, is telling me that after the glyphosate has been applied one day, um, there's a huge influx of microbial activity and it doesn't really go down or back to normal until 14 days after the first day it was applied. So you're probably wondering, well, why is this? Why is this something that is happening? And the truth is, is that a huge portion of pesticides are made from carbon, nitrogen, phosphate, potassium, oxygen, that sort of thing. And I'll put up the formula or the molecular structure of glyphosate up on the screen. And these are not only uh, soil nutrients, but they're also things that microbes know and can eat is, is what it comes down to. So this is for mineralizing microbes. So this is for the more the bacteria side. So the next question that we need to look at is actual fungal groups. And so I had to look at a different study for this to see if it affected the um, colony forming units, if you've watched any of my micro videos, of this fungal side. So they did find with glyphosate additions to soil is that the fungal biomass are harmed by glyphosate ultimately is what it comes down to. So this other study I looked at was done in Australia and um, it doesn't talk too much about the intricacies of what's going on too much. It, it's looking more at the dosages and as you increase the dosages, what ends up happening. Um, so misuse of glyphosate is what this is more so discussing, like double dosing and really long-term everyday use, which you shouldn't be doing with any of this stuff to begin with. And it did show a negative effect on fungal communities in the soil. It also found that it completely killed algae in all soils regardless of application rate. And I've stressed this over and over and over again. If you see green stuff on your soil, don't freak out probably algae and algae is normal 
algae is very crucial to a healthy soil. 5% actually is what's considered a healthy soil. However, in the agricultural community, which is where a lot of these studies are done because that's where the money is, um, we don't focus on algae. <laughs> we don't look at algae at all, which is upsetting to me. I think it's something that should be looked at. Um, so they just kind of say, well, yeah, all the algae is dead, but it's inconsequential. We don't really pay attention to that part. And, uh, but they did all note that algae is null and void. So uh, definitely less than ideal in that case as well. So when it comes to, so when it comes to glyphosate and actually reducing it in our soils, it turns out it doesn't hang around for too, too long, generally speaking. A lot of the studies I looked at, uh, depending on how deep it got into the soil profile, the deeper it gets into the soil profile, the faster it degrades um, or the longer it takes to degrade. So sometimes I've seen upwards of 60 days survival in the soil. But for the most part, if it's not getting too deep into the soil profile, it's staying in that A horizon of the soil, it's about 30 days-ish, depending um, when it actually all disappears and it disappears through microbial degradation. So the question would be, if you're moved into a house, if you have a neighbor that's a serial uh, Roundup user, how would you protect yourself and your family from glyphosate getting into your soil and then ultimately into your food supply that you're, you're growing? And I found quite a few studies that indicate or show very specific species that can be used to reclaim soils that have glyphosate in them. So the first one is Pseudomonas species. Um, so this is two bacterial isolates. There's Pseudomonas species and Bacillus species. But um, this is from Groundwater and Sustainable Development. This article was, journal was published in 2018. And so all it's saying here is that there's two different types of uh, bacterial isolates that can be used to essentially degrade glyphosate within the system. And it's efficient for biodegradation, declines and increasing concentrations of glyphosate. So when we use um, Pseudomonas and Bacillus species is they will degrade the glyphosate. They have a special affinity to glyphosates. And this may or may not have been caused these uh, species just due to glyphosate use in soil. We just naturally, mother nature thought, oh, we gotta start degrading this new compound that's being added to us. And so it developed similar to what we're seeing with uh, plastic, for example. There's new bacteria, soil bacteria popping up that actually degrades plastic that we didn't know existed before. And so this is kind of what that's getting at. So. A microbial active soil is going to be your key when it comes to degrading any glyphosate that may be in your soil system if you're concerned about it. Um, if there is glyphosate in your soil in any capacity that's dangerous and you are using heirloom, organic seeds, non-GMO, even just hybridized, you can do like F1 hybrids, anything of that nature and you're planting it in that soil and it's dying that's a good sign that you may need to microbially remediate that soil using these functions here if you are planting in the area and the plants are germinating just fine you probably are okay and i know that sounds scary but the reality is is this stuff doesn't hang out for very long at all it's really only toxic for about a day or two, literally. By around third, fourth day, it's kind of null and void. There's nothing there. Now, this is 
glyphosate only. There are pesticides out there that are scary. There are pesticides out there. I worked in this industry. There are pesticides out there that are scary. And so this is specific to Roundup, which, like I said, is quite honestly the least of our worries. There's atrazine. There's some big bad boys out there. It's just... I feel if you if you put like your tinfoil hat on for a moment, everyone's like, glyphosate this, glyphosate that, glyphosate this. And it's almost like to distract people and say like, look at this carbon, hydrogen, um, oxygen molecule here that's, you know, easily degraded by microbes. Just don't pay attention to any of these really scary ones over here. We'll just pretend those don't exist right now. So anyways, I think the, the focus is going to move away from glyphosate and it's probably going to move elsewhere to some creepy shit so i'm not going to go into too much more here i think you guys got the idea so ultimately is it doesn't matter should you be scared of it i don't think you should be this is personal opinion i don't think it should be you should be because it does disappear from the soil profile very very quickly do I think you should be using it? That's a real question. No, I think in a garden, you can get on your hands and knees and pull some damn weeds is what it comes down to. There's so many methods we can use to get away from this stuff as gardeners. So I feel as gardeners now, it's completely unnecessary. You're just being lazy if you're using glyphosate. Um, there's tons of organic ways of dealing with weeds and I, but, but at the same time, if you did choose to use it because you maybe have a disability or something like that, and it's easier for you, do I think you're going to die if you eat? No, I mean, no, there's no way. If you spray and harvest within 30 days of each other, maybe there definitely could be glyphosate in your actual food. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It's at least on my worries when I know what's actually out there in reality is what it comes down to you guys have to let me know what you think in the comments about this um yeah it sucks that it decreases fungal activity and if you're using like a mycorrhizal fungi inoculants um anything like that i mean you're throwing your dollars out the window because this the studies i read showed that it does seriously harm fungal activity it's just a given um Bacteria, not so much. Algae just decimates, which is really unfortunate because that is the microbe of the future. I think there's going to be a large focus on that going forward just because of the benefits of that actual actual thing. And the study that I got the original one off of, like the one that really looked at the levels, the application rates, and its effect on bacteria specifically, was from the Cambridge University. So, I mean, it's no slouch university. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to think, you guys. I know I'm going to get some... People are going to read me the riot act here, but that's okay. That is what it is, I guess. You guys can get crazy sometimes, but... Anyways, I want to thank you guys so much for watching. If you enjoyed this video, be sure to give it a thumbs up. Let me know in the comments down below what you think about glyphosate or if you think there's bigger fish to fry out there. I would love to know. Um, yeah. I'll talk to you guys next time. Bye. This country was built on a distinctly American work ethic, but today work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries.
and with that, we sent away good jobs and diminished our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make a variety of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more. All made right here in the USA, from growing the cotton and adding the final touches. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs for seamsters, cutters, and factory workers in towns and cities across the United States. And it's about more than an income. Jobs bring pride. Purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.